You're listening to The Great Coaches Podcast. Hi everyone, Paul here, and just a quick message from me to let you know that if you are looking to improve the performance of your team, no matter whether it is a work, sporting, or community one, then we've developed some tools to help. On the website, you will find our Thriving Teams Diagnostic, which uses insights from the more than 200 great coaches we have interviewed to challenge you with a series of questions to help you understand how your team is performing. It's free and only takes a few minutes to complete. If you'd like to know more, you can check out our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Lessons from the Great Coaches podcast. I've learned that you don't do it alone. You learn so many different things from so many different coaches. That's an elite learning environment. Failure is not a problem. How you deal with it is a problem. How to be resilient. How important it is to infuse joy in the process of learning. To be a good coach, you've got to give more than you take. What an interesting life it is to be a leader. Hello and welcome to the Great Coaches Podcast where we believe that there is no algorithm for leadership. And so we interview great sports coaches from around the world to try and find ideas to help all of us be better leaders. Our great coach on this episode is rugby's Damien McGrath. Damien started life as a teacher, but then in his words, took a gamble and moved into professional coaching. He has now coached teams across multiple countries in both rugby league and rugby union, as well as rugby sevens. And he has just released a new book titled, Can You Be Fluent in Success? And in this interview, he talks about the book as well as some of the other experiences he has had as he has traveled the world as a coach. Some of the key highlights for me were how he uses the play by Thomas More a man for all seasons, to describe the roles a coach must play. The story he shares about the bass player Herbie Flowers, who played the famous riff on Lou Reed's song, Walk on the Wild Side, to illustrate how coaches try and get the most from the options available to them. And the idea of a mental highlights reel and how he has used it during his career to fortify his confidence. And just before we go to the interview, Today's podcast is brought to you by the Macquarie University Business School's MBA program. Designed to empower, challenge and transform, the Macquarie MBA gives you the business skills and knowledge you need to succeed in an evolving global economy. 
The program bridges the gap between theory and real-world application, bringing together world-leading professors, executives, and industry partners to teach you how business can be used for good. I have just started working with the team at Macquarie on some projects and can attest to the quality of the people and material. To find out more, search for Macquarie University Business Schools MBA. And now, please enjoy our interview with Damien McGrath. You're listening to the Lessons from the Great Coaches podcast. Damien McGrath, welcome back to the Great Coaches podcast. Thank you. It's a, it's a real pleasure to come back. Pleasure's all mine, actually. I uh, can't wait to talk to you again. You've, you've written a book. Uh, it's a new book, the third that you've written. It's called Can You Be Fluent in Success? But before I ask you about it, I need to start with, Damien, where are you in the world and what have you been up to so far today? Um, I'm, I'm back in the UK. Um, written written the book, as you said, and I'm looking to... Uh, well, I was hoping I could retire, but uh, I think in similar circumstances to you, my wife's, um, you know, demanding that I get out there and do something. And so I'm, I'm hoping to, uh, to if, if not coach again, um, then, you know, get out there and talk about leadership and coaching and, and maybe, you know, um, help other coaches, other businesses, um, just on my observations on leadership and coaching across the last 40 years. Well, I can't wait to get into those observations because a lot of them are in the book, but yeah. I guess let's start with why. What was the impetus to to put it together? Well, it was a throwaway comment um, several years ago. I came home uh, at one Christmas time, and uh, as as I always do, I got together with my old school friends that we've always stayed together. And one of them said to me, "Given that you've lived and worked around the world for so long, your, your language skills must be way better now than they were." And I, I had to shamelessly admit that you know. I still struggle with English and I couldn't speak a word of anything. And he said, well, at least you can see you're fluent in success. And and we all laughed. It was a throwaway line. But I thought, what a great line. And can you be such a thing? Is it, uh, Can you take the same principles and approach to different cultures, different countries? And, you know, what are the things that stay the same? What are the things that you have to do that are different? That got me thinking and got me jotting down my thoughts on all the things that have happened and and really having a look at how my approach, you know, to, uh, to, to, to coaching and leading in different countries um, has evolved. Well, it's not just different countries, right? It's different continents. Absolutely. <laughs> you've, you've covered yeah. off Asia, you've covered off Africa and Europe. You've done, uh, you've done really well. But the book is, it talks a lot about leadership and it also talks a lot about coaching, but it, it also talks a lot about people and how to get the most out of working with people. But without spoiling the book for everyone, Damien. I'm wondering if you could just take us through some of the key leadership traits that you've identified that make it possible to be fluent in success. Yeah, it, it was. it's amazing you should say that because the more I, I, I wrote and then scrapped the paper and threw it away several times, and I thought it really is all about people. It's, the memories I had were all people-driven, not You'd think it'd be any any successes, any, any medals, any trophies, any anything that you you won or where things went well. But it was all about people. Every time I started writing something, it was it was the memories of people, what they said, what they'd done, how they made other people feel uh, that that got me going. And then I tried to I, just to, to get the book started. I tried to catch what what did I think um, 
a real leader, one of the you know the best of people, um, a, a re, a, you know top level coach. What did they need to be? And I came up with the phrase "man for all seasons," which is um, a, the title of a, a famous play I get about um, Saint Thomas More, uh, one of the great English um, figures of history, who stood by his principles and uh, was beheaded by Henry VIII. Um, uh, you know, he, he was known for his integrity, and, and that got me thinking because we we studied that at school. And what was a man for all seasons? You know, it's someone who can work on in under different circumstances and had certain traits that 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 made them appealing. Um, and you know, to be a to be a top level leader, I, I, I tried to think about all the greats I'd, I'd met and the people who I, who I met who who didn't quite hit the mark what was it they didn't have as well as what was it they needed to have and you know you needed to be a craftsman good at good at what you did um you know a real um leader in your field you need to be a salesman because you have to sell your your approach to life you have to be um a journeyman which in in modern terms has a quite a negative thing it's, it's seen as someone who just jumped from club to club a bit like my coaching way. um but a journeyman, in its truest form, uh, was a medieval term for someone who was learning their craft and, and travelled around to different uh, areas uh, before they became a craftsman. So I thought that's that's a great way of looking at, at coaching the leadership because it's a journey. And then one of the other things is a nobleman. And I don't mean noble as in a, a lord or a lady, but a noble person. And that's where all the great traits come in. Someone who's authentic, someone who, who can communicate, you know, someone who's patient, all, all those uh, personality traits that, that good people have um, and when I finished it's probably the longest chapter in the book because I thought God, you know, people think that being a great coach or leader is as a coach maybe it's just picking the team uh, for the weekend's game or leading it's just sending out an email to tell everybody what to do but there's so much more to, to leading people uh, and that that takes up then the rest of the book as I talk about those traits in, in different ways there was a story in the book that I had never heard. It's about a bass player called Herbie Flowers. I'm wondering if you could tell us about it and why it connects with you so much. Yeah, um, it's when I'm talking about um, the th there's three types of leaders in in my mind. Three types of coaches. There's the followers who who follow the the accepted way of doing things. Um, you know, they, they, they get their coaching badges or they, they get their ABC of how you how you approach things um, is, is what they do. They never veer from, from that. That's the norm. Then there's the adopters. There are people who look around and they think, well, if you take soccer in Europe, for instance, the, at the moment, Pep Guardiola is the, is the, is the, is the star man. He's the, you know, he's streets ahead of everybody else. People will adopt whatever the best team or the best what, what's he doing I'm going to do what he does even though they might not have the ingredients or the tools to to operate in the same way but then there's the innovators who look at what they have and decide if they can use it in a better way you know what's the best approach for the for the for the players I have if you take it in coaching terms and it's not always been when you think of the word um, innovative, it's always about doing something completely different or that's the picture it often gives to people. But sometimes it's just tweaking things. It's not accepting them as they are. It's just making little differences. And that can be an innovative approach. David Bowie is my great musical hero. Um, and I, I, 
I was aware that Herbie Flowers, it was a name I always used to see on the credits for, for lots of his songs in the early days. And he played bass on, on Bowie's fam, uh, famous hit, Space Oddity, um, which was a worldwide hit. Bowie then, um, in the early 70s, produced um, Lou Reed's um, famous album, Transformer, the album that sort of pushed Lou Reed into, into world stardom. Um, they needed a bass player for the, uh, for the sessions, Bowie obviously called on Herbie Flowers, who he used um, in, on his hits. And Flowers came in and Reed gave him a, a bass line. And he said, do you mind if I just a little bit? He didn't. So it was still the same bass line. He simply, I think he took it 10 notes higher and, and just added some some reverb and things like that to it. And from that came the haunting bass line of walk, walk, take a walk on the wild side, which even if you're not, if the, if the title doesn't strike to you, as soon as you hear it, you know exactly uh, what we're talking about. So all Herbie did was was take something that was there and just tweak it a little bit. He didn't just discover something brand new and go out on a limb and do it. He, he took what was already there and adapted it for what he felt was the best um, outcome. And that always strikes a chord with me because I think that's what the great coaches and leaders do they don't necessarily change things and go outside the box completely but they they look at all options and, and what's available to me and what can I do with it to get the best from it and I think that's what the best coaches and leaders do one of the other ideas that resonated me with me in the book and I've actually tried this at uh, the dinner table with my two daughters is the doubt percentage <laughs> yeah now could you explain the exercise and how you use it well I, originally, I was a teacher, and um, it, it was this time of year again. This, we're coming up to Christmas now as we speak. And as a young teacher, um, we, were, we were winding lessons down before the Christmas holidays. And I said to the class, if, um, if you'd like to do something a little different today, put your hands up as high as you can. And you, you'd probably get the mental picture of nine and ten-year-olds all with a forest of hands in the sky. You know, I said, as high as you can, and they're all pushing their arms up. I said, now... If you can push them a little bit higher, we'll watch a movie. Um, and somehow, you know, they found another couple of inches. And, and I thought, that's, that's so typical of human life. People are with you uh, and they'll give you what they can. But if it's something they really want, they'll find that little bit extra. And I found that in coaching that, um, as I mentioned earlier, one of the great traits is being able to sell your approach, your vision. Um, and I equate it to in the book to um, to Germany, where, where the last time we spoke, I was in Germany. A great group of young men who had no particular outstanding traits as um, from a physical point of view. They weren't particularly fast. They weren't particularly they weren't particularly strong. But what they what they had was a a good understanding of each of those things. And the combination together, I thought, we can do something a little bit different here, a bit along the Herbie Flowers line. We can maybe try and play an all-court game, which um, you know, it, which would use their strengths um, in, in a much better way than the one they were using previously. So I, I sold that vision to them. I told them why. And are we all in? Yes, we are. And they gave it everything, or so I thought. Uh, and we trained. But as the, the first couple of months went on, uh, the leadership group um, spoke to me and said, look, we... We just don't seem to be able to get it. The mistakes are still there. We don't feel we can we can uh, we can quite grasp what we're doing. It just so happened that um, the analyst had been 
doing the KPIs on on the different factors I thought were um, key to to making this work. And I showed them the numbers that had come over the over the training sessions, and and there was a marked jump in 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 data. Now I know, particularly in, in a, a sport, numbers aren't always the answer. But in this particular um, case, it showed that they were running that little bit further. The mistakes were were getting less and less, and that suddenly energized them. They saw that there was a a way forward. That, that things were getting better. And if anything, their energy levels at training then jumped again because they could see that what they were doing was working, whereas they felt it wasn't working to begin with. But once I gave them some numbers that I, mean, I could have easily made them up for all they knew, but it, it, it took away their doubt that, yes, it is working. Yes, we are getting better. And they found those extra few metres in training. That there was a little bit more energy than we had before. And I just think sometimes that, we we can all see the value in things and we'll give it what we think is everything we've got. But when we see it working, we we can often find a little bit more to, to take it on to the next level. I think I, I'm not a psychologist, but I'm just guessing here that there's a, a human trait that just holds a little bit back in reserve just in case it's not. It's very rare you go out all out on everything to begin with um, because it's not always a surefire thing. So that, that was my thoughts on the doubt percentage and, and why I, I felt it was important to to mention it. Well, that's a great idea, Damien. And just so you know, in my dinner table, I used it to encourage the girls to try a little bit harder to clean up to get ice cream, and it worked well. Um, <laughs> in the book, there's a great quote. <laughs> it's in the middle. You say, the most powerful influences are great at planting dominant thoughts in people's minds and then coming back and watering them as you would a seedling. Now, it's a wonderful, wonderful sort of metaphor. And I'm wondering, was there a person or an event that helped you learn this? Uh, there's a, my, my biggest um, influence on, on my career was a guy called um, Graham Murray, um, a, a, an Australian who, who had a huge um, impact on me. And he, uh, he often would, would put little things in, in conversations that I saw great, um, you know, it didn't make a huge impact to begin with, but over time I saw how it made a difference. He, the first thing he said to, to the players and staff when he got them together was, from now on, please and thank you, we'll travel everywhere with us. And I, yeah, I, you know, great. Yeah, we, we, all, we all just nodded, didn't see it as anything. But... It was the first. It was the seedling that changed um, a talented group of individuals into a team because everybody's a and he, he policed it quite hard. You know, he, everybody had to acknowledge things that people did for each other, and it it brought brought us together in a way I, I hadn't expected, and I it stuck with it stuck with me ever since. As that you know, just the simple act of saying please and thank you all the time wherever we went whether we were together or whether we were out having team meals or traveling to games but it it, it brought a respect into uh into into the whole approach of um of the team and he he, he built on that and and small things like that um throughout his tenure and and built one of the best cultures i've ever been part of 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Damien, Damien, in the book, you talk about the authenticity paradox. I hadn't heard this uh, term, but it's um, it was a, it was a term coined by Professor Herminia Ibraha, if I've got that correct. Um and the paradox yep. is when you find yourself facing a choice between being yourself or doing what it takes to be effective. Now, this is something we all face uh, every day, if not frequently uh, in our lives. But is there a moment, a particular moment, when you've been faced with this paradox and what did you learn through looking into it? Well, it was probably the... Yeah, the chapter that's closest to my heart because it, it either acted as a handbrake or, or was a strength for me to begin with. Um, I'm a very shy, or I was a very shy, insecure person um, as a child. And I, I didn't like to push myself forward. Um, I, I, you know, I thought the authentic me was a reserved, um, introverted, you know, quiet person but obviously to work in in sport and particularly in a leadership role that that's not going to get you very far so that was always at the back of mind that I needed to to, to change that approach um, but also I also then felt that my authentic um, coaching self was someone who had substance rather than style you know it wasn't about the showmanship it wasn't about putting it that people would see me for who I was which was a a good coach who could who could make a difference and and make things happen. As a, as that as time went on, I saw that other people were maybe with no more um, knowledge and skill than me were getting the roles that that I would have you know loved to have had. And was it because they were pushing themselves more and being putting themselves out there, being more of a seal of them and and, and what they do? And I was left with that that choice do do i sit back and hope that people recognize me for being a, a good coach which which they were because i was always in work and people liked to have me because i was good to have and and good help to be part of the team but i didn't just want to be part of the team i wanted to be leading the team you know as, as time went on so i had to make that choice between being something i th- i thought i wasn't which was um a more open brash not brash, that's probably the wrong term, a more um, forceful type of, of coach. And the thing that, that changed me again was was understanding that I was um, 
a leader in my field, if if that's not blowing my own trumpet too much, that I that my coach would and and would take me to another level. I had to be prepared to go out there and prove it to people openly. Um, and I th the more I understood about my subject, the more confident I became. And confidence, I think, is is something that um, often uh, help you. The thing that changed was my confidence, and I had a couple of close friends who who gave me opportunities based on what they said. Look, you, you're the best at what you do. We need this, and I suddenly thought, well, you know, if people are recognising me for that. Then, you know, I'm confident to get myself out there and be the leader I feel I should be. Um, and that was that was only that was got got me thinking about what is authentic. You know, is it is it the historical me, or can you develop into something that you need to be to fulfil your life and and your and your your potential? I hope I've I've explained that better than it sounded, but it's something I I found was key to me making the next step to leading in different countries. If if you take yourself over to Samoa in the South Pacific from from Western Europe, you need to have confidence in yourself to lead and to to put across the things that you think are important for the team to be successful. If uh, if I wasn't prepared to do that, then I would fail miserably. And yet I felt I had the I had the wherewithal to do it. I just needed to be less of an introvert, um, and I don't mean. It, it, to become completely the opposite, but I needed to be have more confidence in myself. And uh, the authentic me now, I think, is more confident um, when it comes to the sporting side of my my life. Authenticity, or the word authentic, was actually the Merriam-Webster word of the year for 2023. So I think you've uh, you've hit onto a theme that's very prevalent in society at the minute. Yeah, Damien, there was another idea in the book that connected with with me and it was this idea of a mental highlights reel and i'm wondering if you could explain to us how you've used this in your coaching this was um this was a lifesaver for me as it as it turned out uh, and i met the guy who i talked about in the bookshop professor john neal um only last week we we spoke on the forum for the first time for a while um it's how you deal with not crisis in confidence, but those down moments when when things don't seem to be going too well. How do you? And I suppose you can look at it as, as resilience. Um, it's how you deal with with those those dips in 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 fortune. Um, I just lost my job with England back in two thousand and six. I was part of the National Academy, and I, I write in the book about how I had an opportunity to go to Bath, and the rug was pulled from under my feet in the most bizarre. Um, and I was probably as low as I've ever been. Um, and you think, well, I've given up so much. I've, I've, I've sacrificed things with the family and they've supported me. And we've got to this point now where there looks to be no way forward in sport. Maybe, you know, it's time to go back to teach, you know, look at something else outside of sport. Professor John Neal invited me to Ashridge Business College in, uh, in the south of England, which is one of the, or was at the time, one of the top three business colleges in the world. They brought leaders in from from everywhere with the big multinational companies um, to look at leadership and, and to be coached and mentored on different things. Professor John Neal was um, was there doing work with some of the big multinationals, and one of his um, courses was on coaching. And he he would invite six well known sports people to come in and work in different groups with with his candidates on on different 
um, different ideas. Now, given that they were from all around the world, they might not recognize the names and know their background instantly. So the, the course always began where each of us stood up and introduced ourselves and gave a, a brief resume of, of, of what we'd done. It, it saved me in the fact that I had to stand up and say, I'm Damien McGrath and you know I've done this, this, this and this. And I thought, well, that's that's something I'd forgotten about. You know, every time I stood up and, and spoke about where I'd worked and what I'd be part of, it gave me a boost and a and a push towards not throwing everything away because it just um it was a highlights of, of what I'd what I'd achieved before and that was on my mind all the time. I thought I can't, you know, I've I've done this. I can't just give it away. I've got I've got more to offer. So that was my my mental highlights reel and, and I've used it ever since when when those and my wife always laughs she says you've had more sacks than santa claus you know when things don't go well and you you, you know your tenure comes to an end and you're looking to move on it can as much as most of the time i always think i've been badly done to you can you can feel down and think well is it worth it you know all this hassle over over you know a job but then you think that mental highlights reel is is there and you think about well I've, what this is what i've achieved in the past you know i can do it i know i've got more to give and so that's that was my thoughts on the mental highlight reel it's my it's my resilience to 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 the, the downturns in in life so damien in the book you outline the four steps that you need to go through as a coach in order to create a supportive and successful program i'm not asking you to give away all the secrets in the book in this interview but if you could tell us just high level what those steps are it'd be great the first thing you have to do is is paint a picture you know, the, your, your why you, know, you know, get the imagination going this is this is what i could achieve together this is where we could be this is what we could do so it, it's why you know why we're going to do this this is this is the these are the great things that you know fire their imagination uh then there's illustration then then, then you have to tell them how we're going to do it you know I, and i always use um fundamental skills is my USP. I, you know, if we work on the basics, these are the things that we could achieve. Um, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. This is where it will take us. Um, so, you know, those those are the two key things. It's the the craftsman side of it. These are the, the things that uh, me as the coach I'm, I'm going to introduce. The salesman side is then is then selling the the um, selling the way forward, and then we'll, we've got participation them to be part of it. Um, you need them, as I said about Germany, with the doubt percentage. If they if they get that, then they'll help push it forward. Um, and you know, so their participation in 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 everything is important. If they grasp it, they'll take it and run with it, and we can really you know take it to its limits. The last part is turning up every day and making it happen. Um, and that's that's the bit I think that everybody misses sometimes. You. The thing I mentioned Pep Guardiola before. If we use soccer as uh, as the thing, Jurgen Klopp, the thing that makes them so good is it's not that they have such a great approach to coaching life, but they they turn up every day and push it forward uh, and make sure that we turn up every day and we we run with it, and police it because and then that becomes the culture that it, the coach isn't just the driver. You you introduce it. To begin with, you 
outline the way forward. You're the driver, but you almost slip into the back seat then as as uh, as time goes on. And that that last part is the is the is the key bit because once it's in there, you if you've done your job properly, they will take it and run with it, uh, and you can just give advice from the back seat, as it were, and and make sure we're still on the on the right track. So, Damien, towards the end of the book, there's this great paragraph where you say, all the best coaches have a dramatic need. They strive to overcome the challenges they meet to get something and go somewhere. They seek the information and knowledge to forge their own path. Just love that last little part of that paragraph where you talk about their own path. And I'm wondering, when you talk to younger people today about that path ahead, what do you tell them? Uh, I saw an interview with with James Cameron, the the famous movie director, and he he talked about that, you know, actors in movies and often directors in, in their own way need dramatic need to 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 go forward. They need to overcome obstacles. They need to find information. They need to succeed over over whatever's in their way. And and that resonated with me because I think as a coach, you know, to be successful, you, you have that need. You have to overcome obstacles, you, whether it's um, losing your job or whether it's um, not not being successful as a as a team. Um, and the thing is that as as that dramatic need becomes obvious to you, you have to look at how how you move forward because it's about a straight line sometimes you have to step aside more often than not you may have to step back you know when if if things don't go well um and that forging your path is just is is always going to have obstacles and um if you if you give in at the first sign of of a of, of trouble then you will never be successful um the way forward isn't always in your own hands either you you have mentors you have friends um who you can just discuss things with take advice from people who who can help you that that was what i was trying to to get across without saying it that your path forward is never on your own shoulders it's often uh, events can happen that that you've never foreseen and you have to not just be aware that they may come but also be aware that you may just have to pull off to the side or Know, go back up and go around another route um, you've got to forge your own path but it's not always the obvious one um, I, I just think that as, as coaches and leaders everybody and, and in day-to-day -day business and life that that seems to me to be an obvious thing that if, if you if you crumble at the first sign of a, of a problem then you may as well not start on the journey to begin with it's a great place for us to finish Damien Thanks so much for catching up again. I will put all the links to the book in the uh, in the show notes. It's called Can You Be Fluent in Success? I highly recommend it. Very easy to read. I read it in just a couple of sittings. And it's out now on Amazon and where all good books are sold. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Damien. Hi, everyone. You have been listening to the great coach, Damien McGrath, talk about his new book. I hope you got a lot out of Damien's style, his great stories, and found a few ideas that you can bring back to your own dinner table, locker room, or work table for discussion. And just before we go, if you have any feedback, then please let us know. 
just like Troy Engel, who after listening to our interview with Cody Royal, kept it short and sweet by saying, great episode. Thanks, Troy. We love the interaction with the people around the world who listen. And so if you have any feedback or comments, please let us know. And if they're positive ones, then please let somebody else know too. All the details on how to connect with us are in the show notes or on our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.